Hi there. Last week I was thinking with you about why has Black Lives Matter exploded out of um, COVID-19. And uh, it leads us to sort of feel a kind of an inner lament going on. And I argued last week that um, the Christian faith from beginning to end, and particularly what we see in Jesus uh, and his death as a substitute for you and I, is the best explanation and the beginning of an undermining. So an explanation and an undermining of the condition that we see the world uh, being in. This week, uh, I want to take it a little bit further, not just an explanation and how we see uh, the good news of Jesus beginning to undermine, but really looking at what might be described as corporate evil. A verse in the Old Testament that has always struck me is right at the beginning of the Bible in uh, Genesis chapter 4. And it's where uh, God is talking to Cain after he's killed his brother Abel um, through jealousy. Um, And God says to him, where's your brother Abel? And he said, Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? To which the Lord responds, what have you done? Obviously, there's an implication in that response. Am I my brother's keeper? That absolutely, yes, we are. So right at the beginning uh, of God's relationship with humankind, we see this fraternity uh, taking place and a corporate responsibility. So if we see in the world corporate evil, it begins to suggest that somehow we have a part to play in that. Particularly seeing, once again in Genesis, very early on in the story, in chapter 12, we discover that the purpose of people under the um, covenant of God in relationship with God, face to face and eye to eye, not only are we our brother's keeper, but we're also to be a light to the nations. We're actually to exemplify something. And so corporate responsibility in our individualistic world isn't something that probably we even know much about or aware of. But let me show you what the Bible says. If you go in in your your Bible to Joshua 7, and you don't actually need to do this because I'm going to be really quick, we meet one of those horrible, horrible Old Testament stories of Achan and his family. Now, this is in a period um, of Israel's life where they're being formed. It's very early on. They've just crossed the Jordan River. They've just had, had the conflict in Jericho. And then they're told to be pure and holy. And uh, Achan steals some of the corrupt booty uh, after, the, after the last conquest against all, um, it's not advice, command, the command of God that if you keep the covenant, you'll keep pure, you won't take the stuff of the nations. 
um, it will all be destroyed and you will keep this purity. Uh, Achan doesn't do that. And to cut a long and ugly story short, he and his whole family are destroyed. So we see um, the extension of destruction, not only to the individual perpetrator of the thing, but to a whole family. That in and of itself may be shocking to us, but two-thirds, three-quarters of the world population would be shaking their head and going, yep, that's completely comprehensible to them that we're not enlightened individuals. We are responsible within a a family unit and then we'll see in Daniel 9 um, a community or, or in his case, a whole nation. So in Daniel 9... Daniel begins um, uh, to pray a prayer. And let me just turn to it here. Um, He begins to pray a prayer where he's reflecting on how long Israel, the whole nation, will be in exile. And he determines that it will be 70 years. And it's because of the sin of the people. And he says, Ah, Lord, great and awesome God, keeping covenant and steadfast love with those who love you and keep your commandments. We have, we, we, the whole nation, its kings, its leaders, have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled. And the whole chapter goes on in an act of national repentance. So not only is it, Uh, family responsibility it's also um, the confession of sin on behalf of the whole nation responsible for corporate evil then we move over to Romans chapter 5 and we discover in this extraordinary uh, chapter these words in verse 18 and following therefore Just as one man's sin, Adam, led to the condemnation of all people. Do you get that? All have sinned because one man's sin has impacted all. So, Romans goes on to say, one man's act of righteousness, Jesus, leads to the justification, just as if all people had never sinned, leads to justification and life for all. For just as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. So Adam sinned, and we're all guilty by association, and Jesus prevails in his death and resurrection, and we inherit this free, gracious pardon by faith. So these are incredible ideas as we think about corporate evil. We are truly our brother's keeper as Christians from beginning to end. 
So we tend, therefore, to have a number of potential responsibilities, which I could illustrate, but for the sake of time, I'm going to try and keep it tight, of how we look at situations, whether it's Black Lives Matter, and particularly as we look at them on the back of something like COVID and wonder what's going on here. We discover that we actually are participants in, in systems and structures. And as participants, living where we live, being who we are, educated the way we are in families like we've come from, we get caught up in the ways uh, of the system. So, for example, to use example, some people can look at a situation that is structural and systemic in society and go, that's yeah, all right. I don't mind that. That would be a good thing. You know, to use don't mention the war sort of analogy, but that happened during the Holocaust, that many people just said, yeah, that's okay. And they accepted the need for the purification and cleansing uh, to be uh, the great nation. And people are happy with going. what's going on. Some people, they kind of know about it, so secondly, they kind of know about it, but they don't think much about it. This was the case, for example, in you know, the Nuremberg trials where the guard said, I was just doing what I was told. I knew about it, wasn't happy or unhappy about it. I was just doing what I was told. So they know, but they don't think about it too much. A third option is that we may know what's going on, but we just go, well, what do you expect me to do about it? Many of us live like this and we can feel shame or guilt about certain situations, but we go, I just am disconnected. I just don't know what to do about it. I may, in that sense, kind of be a safe harbour for it while not agreeing with it. A fourth and final sort of option is some, some people just don't know and they just don't care. Um, they just take people as they find them, face to face, black, blue, brindle, whatever, whatever the circumstance is. Um, I don't care about any of that stuff. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. But for many of us, we feel overwhelmed and not unlike a cane, quite happy to hide. Am I my brother's keeper? I'm quite happy to hide. So it's quite easy to do nothing and allow systemic evil to prevail by being either overwhelmed or passively or even actively neglectful. So, have I got eyes that are open to seeing um, systematic evil that is around me? What might uh, a Christian response um, to these things be? Now, we could go into all sorts of forensic detail about things that, you know, to be honest, I feel like a pretty simple bloke. I don't, I don't know what to do. I know many uh, governments have tried hard um, 
in our ethnic conflict within Australia. Um, I know many Indigenous people who feel profoundly unheard. Um, there's much uh, amazing content in both film and television that are picking up um, the distress of people who feel dispossessed and culturally marginal marginalised. There's, there's lots of content that can sort of explain the problem. The challenge for mo most of us seems to be when we look at systematic uh, racism and corporate evil, what's our response? What's my personal response? I think one thing that um, God in Christ teaches me is that Jesus was always willing to be involved. And somehow he was neither political or overtly religious. He was uniquely himself under the lordship of his father. Render unto Caesar, Caesar he said, what is Caesar's, and unto God what is God's. So the thing for me is to work out in my life what is God's. And bizarrely, the first thing that I come across there is my own family. And I ask myself the question as I think of evil and as I think of um, exclusion, how am I going at actually making peace? How am I going at the blessed R's um, inside my own family? Do I have a, a heart that when I see something that it leads me to repent and to open my heart to the other? in their distress. So for me, that's a place that's important to start, to start near home. A second thing that I find myself thinking about, and I know this doesn't address systematic or corporate racism or systemic evil particularly, but do I know anyone who's different to me? Have I made any sort of effort to get to know anyone who's different to me? and to have a conversation and a dialogue with them. One of the reasons that the Apostle Paul could bring the gospel to the Gentiles was <laughs> it, it's so radical, really. He was open to someone who was different to him in the most profound way uh, to learn and to come near them. Or do I rather just tend to say, well, thank goodness I'm not like them? And I have nothing to do with them. So two thoughts, to start near home and to ask yourself the question, do I know anyone who's different from me? And how can we open our eyes to more people who are different to us and to listen to them? A third and final suggestion as I think about this is that the best way I find to push issues away that make me feel uncomfortable is to, um, is to apply my own self-righteousness to them. <laughs> um, they're not like me. Look at the way they behave. Look at how untidy their backyard is. Look at the way they behave in this situation or that situation. They don't do anything to help themselves, do they? Now, one of the challenges for me is so much of that 
and I'm not condoning horrendous behaviour and I'm not condoning, condoning the treatment that my brother Mike Bailey may get on a train by someone who's drunk or, you know, out of control or whatever the case might be. But do I open my uh, heart to a, a repentance, an inner repentance that says, yep, self-righteousness is never effective. It doesn't do anything. It just justifies the distance that I place and it justifies the, am I my brother's keeper? Uh, setting. So I'd like us to feel free to wrestle with generous language, with kindness and with gentleness as we think about um, racism and corporate evil in our midst in this time and as we open our hearts to the other, the different, the wounded and sit with it, talk about it, pray for it and allow ourselves to be changed, to be more like Jesus. Bless you.